Well, we are nearing the end of the summer of the Psalms. It's getting it's really close. In fact, uh, next week you will get to hear from the uh, students and the leaders who went to Denver on the Lead the Cause trip, um, and so we're excited to bring that. And then next week, at the week after that, uh, at the picnic, I believe I believe Tom, Tom, are you finishing up this series? All right. Here it is. <laughs> and it's, it has been a, great, it's been a great summer. I've loved this. And this morning, um, I get really the privilege and pleasure to speak from Psalms 27. The Psalms 27, for me, was a psalm that, I don't remember how I came across it. I don't know if I flipped open my Bible one day and read it. But when I first became a believer this was a psalm that I immediately was drawn to. Um, in my childhood, faced a lot of different adversity, and it was this scripture that since then until even today, when I face hard times and struggle, this is what the Lord brings to my mind. And so this is a psalm that is very dear to my heart and something that I'm very excited to share with you. So I want to start this morning, though, by just reading it. And so Psalm 27 If you would turn there with me. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. For he will conceal me in his shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Do not give me over to the will of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing violence. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Pray with me. Father God, Lord, we just give you thanks this morning. Lord, that we do have this opportunity to come together, Lord, to worship, to declare your truth, Lord, to give testimony to what you've done in our lives. Lord, this morning I just ask that you would just open our hearts, open our eyes, our ears, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me. 
Lord, that you would bring conviction, that you would bring hope, Lord, that you might even bring salvation. Lord, may what we do here this morning bring us more in love with you, more thankful. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have a decent-sized psalm to go through in a short amount of time. All right, so I want to give you my outline. This is the outline. I try to keep it simple. This is, how we're, this is the roadmap. We're going to talk about three truths about the Lord, three truths that the psalmist talks about. And then we're going to talk about three responses of those truths. What do those truths uh, do in us? How do we respond? And then at the end, I want to end with what I'm going to call a reality check. All right? So we'll get there. So three truths about the Lord. Uh, Let's go back to Psalm verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who shall I dread? Truth number one, light. The Lord is our light. Light, the theme of light is a theme that is woven throughout all of Scripture. Right? From the very beginning, Genesis 1, verses 2, we see that light shows up on the very first day. We see that at the very end, we go to Revelations 22, 5, and it says, Night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. 1 John 1, 5 says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Light is often paired with this idea of righteousness, which contrasts with darkness and sin. God is light. In him is perfect righteousness, perfect holiness. In him there does not exist a spot or stain or any evil deed. Darkness is associated with sin and corruption. And thus the Bible pits the two together, light versus the darkness, and we see this contrast in Scripture play out. The psalmist in Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a light in that it lights the way of right living, the way of salvation. It uncovers sin in our lives. The the word brings God's wisdom, his perfect wisdom, his righteous wisdom into our lives as opposed to man's wisdom. When David says here that the Lord is my light, David is expressing that by the Lord all things righteous and all things unrighteous are revealed. The Lord is his wisdom. The Lord is the one who reveals life as it really is. The Lord brings clarity and exposes sin and corruption for what it is. And he shows us the way of righteousness. The Lord is my light, which leads to our second truth, salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. David declares that God is his salvation. Now, this declaration is based on what God had done for him in the past. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, My foes and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. David is declaring that the Lord is the reason for them failing. 
And when we look at Israel's history, we see recorded many times where the Lord shows up to save and deliver Israel. Uh, Most notable, the Lord rescuing the Israelites from Pharaoh in the book of Exodus. And then even after that, we continue to see in the wilderness that the Lord continues to provide manna and water, sustaining their life. God delivers David from his enemies. We see the, the fall of Goliath and David giving the victory to the Lord. We see the Lord's protection on David as, as Saul seeks to kill him. And with all these things, as a reminder, David declares here, the Lord is my light and, and he is my salvation. Therefore, who shall I fear? The third truth here is that the Lord is the stronghold of my life. The third truth that David declares is that the Lord is the stronghold. A stronghold is a place of protection during a time of siege, right? So if if you had lived during these times and you were living outside the walls, you were raising plants in a farm, and an enemy had come to advance against you, what would you do? You would, you would run into the, into the stronghold, the, into the walls of the city for protection. You would seek refuge. Here David declares that the Lord is the stronghold of his life. That is a place of continuing safety and refuge. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. And my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. David declares that the Lord, as the stronghold of his life, is protecting his life from all of his enemies. You see, David is using all three things, all three truths, light, salvation, God is our stronghold to illustrate how the Lord had physically saved him from all of his enemies. How God had guided David and given him wisdom throughout his life. How God had provided refuge for him and continued to protect him. But this was also looking to the future, in which Jesus would break into the darkness. You know, I can't help but think... David, did you have any idea that God would use parts of your physical life to illustrate the spiritual uh, truth of what Jesus was going to do on our behalf? David's life and his testimony about who the Lord is are used by God to foreshadow the miraculous work of Jesus. So when David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. He's actually talking about Jesus. Jesus is our light, our salvation, and he is the stronghold of our lives. Speaking of Jesus, John wrote in his gospel, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus says in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. 
Jesus is our light. Jesus is our salvation. David had physical enemies, but we know that our true fight isn't with people, but with sin. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Jesus is our salvation. John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Romans ten nine through 10, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is the stronghold of our lives. Ephesians 4.30 states that we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jude ends his letter saying, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all the time, and now and forever. Amen. Jesus is our stronghold. Jesus is our light, our salvation, and the stronghold of our lives. Do you believe it? I hope so. (laughs) See, this truth accepted into a person's life, changes their eternal destiny forever. It changes their understanding of life, their understanding of purpose, their perspective. It gives them hope. It clarifies their path. It protects their lives from the snares of the devil. It transforms their homes. It brings hope and it brings joy. And it is why we gather here this morning to worship Jesus who brings light to the darkness, who saves us from captivity of sin, and who keeps us for all eternity. It's a great place to say amen. All right. (laughs) We've only looked through the first three verses. We have 11 more to go. These three truths have such an impact. And as I was thinking about this, I was even talking about this with a, some friends last night. We hear this through most of our Christian journey. The world, who saves us? Jesus. We know this. <laughs> Many of those kids in, in children's church can answer that question. But they don't get any more profound. You can't stop digging the depths. And here David gives three responses to those three truths. His first response is that of confidence. Let's look back at verses 1 through 3. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. This is not self-confidence. That is confidence that relies on one's own abilities or performance. No, this confidence is completely founded on the work of the Lord and who he is. You might recall God tells Joshua in Joshua 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God's presence is what brings confidence. And what does Jesus tell us in Matthew 28 when he gives the Great Commission? He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. All authority. And then he gives the charge. Go and make disciples of all the earth. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, what does he end it with? And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The one who has all authority in heaven and earth, has promised to be with you. You see, our confidence is born in the one who has all authority, whose presence is with us. And so, as the writer of Hebrews says, we too say, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid for what can mere mortals do to me. David's confidence was built on the works of God in the past and his promises about the future. Our confidence is built on the finished work of Christ and what he has guaranteed for our futures. So I want to ask you this morning, in what or in who are you putting your confidence? In what or in who are you putting your confidence in? Is it... Your money? Is it your physical assets? Is it your job? Is it in your politics? Is it in your. <laughs> the last one was a joke, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Is it in your relationships or your hobbies? Is your confidence in your pursuit of a healthier lifestyle? Is it in your family or in your spouse? You see, we act as if these things bring light and bring salvation and keep us safe. But the truth is they all fail. Our confidence is rightly placed in Jesus alone. This confidence leads to the second response. A desire to worship God. Let's read verses 4 and 6, 4 through 6. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. 
For he will conceal me in a shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent, and he will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be high above my enemies around me, and I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. And I will sing and I will make music to the Lord. You see, the three truths that Jesus is our light, our salvation, and the stronghold of our lives believed moves a person to worship the Lord. How could it not? These truths have borne a desire in the heart of David to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to gaze at the beauty of who the Lord is. You know, it's interesting, in, in biblical times, pagan culture, they would gaze at, at statues and idols of their gods. That was their act of worship. But Israel had no statues or idols, at least they were not supposed to. They did not actually see God. Rather, they would perceive God's beauty through his deeds. Psalms 92 says, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works. And so the desire of David is to gather at the sanctuary with others, to reflect and hear about the Lord's answering of prayers and his mighty works among the people. David finds safety in this place. David says in verse 6, this is the place to offer sacrifice with shouts of joy, to sing and make music to the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I love coming to church. Before I ever served in ministry, I loved coming to church. Some of you are like, that's your job. No, I loved it, all right? I love coming to church. I love coming, I love joining the congregation and singing. I love reflecting on the amazing work that God has done and continues to accomplish in our lives. I love the opportunity that the Lord gives me to offer praise and thanksgiving to Him, to reflect on His character, to reflect and apply His Word, to offer my life and service to Him because of what He has done for me. Here we see that the truth about who the Lord is is, drove David to worship at the temple. Does what you know about the Lord drive you to worship Him? Does what you know about the Lord drive you to even worship Him corporately? Some of you are like, well, we're here. Hello? But one pastor asked it this way, what kind of faith has the power to save someone for all eternity? but does not have the power to get them to worship on Sunday. I think maybe we should ask it this way. What kind of faith has the power to save someone for all eternity, but does not have the power to draw them to worship throughout their whole week? You see, the more we believe the truths about who Jesus is, the more we are drawn to worship him. I, need, I want to say that again. <laughs> The more we believe the truth about who Jesus is, the more we are drawn into worship. This is why we saturate ourselves in the Word. 
This is why singing melody to the Lord is not just for Sunday. This is why Christian community is so important. That we reveal our struggles and our doubts to each other and somebody can speak truth into us. The more we believe the truth about who Jesus is, the more we are drawn to worship. The third response to the truth that Jesus is our light, our salvation, and the stronghold of our lives is that we cling to him. We cling to Jesus. Let's read verse 7 through 12. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, your face I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Do not give me over to the will of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing violence. You can hear the passion in David's words. Lord, hear my call. Be gracious to me. My heart tells me to seek you. Lord, I seek you. So please don't hide your face from me. Do not turn away. You have been my helper. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, Lord, you have cared for me. You will not leave me. Lord, you are my light. Jesus, you are my salvation. You are the stronghold of my life. Jesus, I cling to you. Don't hide yourself from me. I have no other I would turn to. I seek you, Lord. I live in a broken, sinful world, and I am reminded of my helpless state every day. Lord, lead me on a level path that I may not sin against you and teach me your ways of righteousness. You see, these truths drive us to cling to Jesus, to seek him every day, to commune with him in prayer, to inquire of him in his word, and to praise him both individually and collectively. We cling to Jesus because of the truth of who he is. He is our rock. He is a sure and steady anchor in the storm. So we have looked at three truths of Jesus. He is our light, He is our salvation, and He is the stronghold of our lives. And we have observed three responses. That is confidence in the Lord, a desire to worship the Lord, and a passion to cling to the Lord. But I have a concluding point. This is the reality check. This psalm, though filled with confidence in the Lord, is actually a song of lament. David is surrounded by his enemies. He states in verse 3, Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. He is surrounded by his enemies. Verse 12 states that uh, there are false witnesses 
who rise up against him, breathing violence. The truth is that many of you today find yourselves in situations where you need the Lord's deliverance. It may be physical. It may be spiritual. I know of several situations, people that I do life with. And what I want you to know as a body here is that we gather as elders regularly to pray for the Lord's intervention in your life. We pray confidently, knowing that the Lord does hear our prayers, knowing that he cares for you, knowing that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has guaranteed your deliverance. If not this life, then for eternity. And I love how this psalm ends because I believe it has you in mind. Verse 13. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. You may be in a difficult season of your life right now. Now is the time to reflect on who the Lord is and to let that truth bring you to a place of confidence, a place of worship, a place of clinging to Jesus. Because I am certain that you will see the Lord's goodness because we serve a good God. We serve a good God who cares for his children. He sent his son to die on a cross to forgive us of our sins, to break the cycle of destruction that sin has had, to reconcile you to himself so that you can live at peace with God in an eternal relationship, worshiping, gazing at the beauty of the Lord for all eternity.